Good evening, everyone. Welcome to your D1T and 5 for the evening of Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. I'm Connor Newcomb, and let's get right into the biggest stories. Elevate Sports Ventures has acquired dynamic pricing partners to, quote, add secondary market expertise to a host of dynamic client offerings, including ticket and premium hospitality sales and strategy, venue feasibility, construction and renovation, corporate partnership sales, consumer and fan analytics, and more. Elevate chairman and CEO Al Guido said, quote, During a significant time in the sports and live entertainment ecosystem, when rights holders have the greatest need for data-driven pricing, distribution, and technology solutions, our acquisition of dynamic pricing partners expands Elevate Sports Ventures' current market and service offerings, providing a suite of differentiated solutions to existing and future clients. Dynamic Pricing Partner CEO Jonathan Marks adds, quote, Acknowledging the significant impact the pandemic has had on our collective ticketing ecosystem, sports teams and organizations are more compelled than ever to make calculated analytics-driven decisions on their pricing, inventory allocation, ticketing strategy, and strategic partnerships to maximize revenue. With additional support and intelligence from Elevate, Dynamic Pricing Partners is better positioned than ever to drive incremental revenue for our partner's most important asset, their tickets. Lead One recently surveyed more than 100 FBS ADs on the future of college sports in light of recent college sports-related bills introduced by state and federal lawmakers. The survey asked which of the two scenarios would be preferred five years from now, a professional commercial model or higher education model. The professional commercial model included student-athletes being treated as employees with full NIL rights, as well as rights to collectively bargain, workers' compensation, and other employment rights. Under this model, there would also be strong Title IX compliance and possible revenue sharing with basketball and football student-athletes. The higher education model included conditional antitrust protection by Congress to, quote, allow the NCAA and conferences to negotiate and carry out policies predicated on significantly lowering compensation, buyouts, and the facility's arms race. This model would also include a greater investment in Olympic and non-revenue sports, expanded health, safety, and scholarship protections, full NIL rights, as well as strong Title IX compliance, but no collective bargaining or other employment rights. Nearly 96% voted for the higher education model. Lead One CEO Tom McMillan said, quote, What this survey demonstrates is our school's willingness to reduce spending and create additional opportunities for student-athletes if given the proper tools by lawmakers. Clearly, our athletic directors would rather see college sports deprofessionalized rather than fully professionalized. Kansas will pay former head football coach Les Miles $1.99 million via his settlement agreement, according to the Kansas City Star's Jesse Newell, who notes Miles had roughly $8 million left on his contract that ran through 2023. Jayhawks AD Jeff Long during a press conference today explained that KU, quote, ran multiple background checks on Miles before hiring him in 2018. Long also said he directly asked Miles if there was anything in his background that could embarrass the school, and he received, quote, no indications of issues. Additionally, Long noted the Jayhawks found out about the case in February, but Miles' attorneys did not provide documentation or other information about the matter. Miles' buyout, Long continued, will come from athletic department funds, not university dollars. Asked why Miles should be paid at all when he lied in 2018 about having something in his background that could embarrass Kansas, Jeff Long says it's, quote, debatable whether Miles lied. Looking back on this time last year, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey tells SEC Network's Paul Feinbaum, quote, Go back and remember, really the NCAA walked away from us. We didn't walk away from the NCAA in conducting fall competition. Its Board of Governors set this 50% sport threshold across the country, not tied to any really objective medical data or what might be accomplished, just about participation. 
So we were left without national championships, yet still committed to support healthy competition. A lot of work to do, and I'm proud of what we achieved in naming cross-country and conducting volleyball competition. The Texas Committee, tasked with investigating the history of the Eyes of Texas, has released its report, which found the song has no racist intent, but acknowledges that its first public performance was likely done by individuals in blackface during a minstrel show. From the report, quote, these historical facts add complexity and richness to the story of a song that debuted in a racist setting, exceedingly common for the time, but, as the preponderance of research showed, had no racist intent. The Eyes of Texas should not only unite us, but hold all of us accountable to our institution's core values. Asked if the song has racist undertones, UT President Jay Hartzell responded, quote, For me, the song itself doesn't, but it certainly was present at different times where those undertones existed. Hartzell went on to say he feels for the student-athletes who experienced backlash for speaking out about the song, saying, quote, I think it's unfair, and they were doing what they should do. They used their voice. We're in a better place now than we were before because of them. Regarding expectations of student-athletes now that the report is out, Hartzell says the quote, hope is that we'll get to a point where people feel good about staying on the field and honoring each other, but nobody's going to be required or mandated to stay on the field. That's your D1T and 5 for the evening of Tuesday, March 9th. I'm Connor Newcomb, reminding you to join us back here tomorrow morning.